My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm inside the memorial to the defense of Leningrad in St. Petersburg, Russia. Leningrad is the old Soviet name for the modern St. Petersburg. But in 1941, Nazi troops came to seize this city, and they surrounded it. They formed a blockade which stopped food and supplies from getting into the city, thinking they could break the spirit of the city and even starve them out. But the people of Leningrad were committed to maintain their territory. It's amazing. They said, if no food comes in, then we'll eat what we have. And they begin to cook their belts and their shoes. They begin to eat wallpaper and wallpaper paste. They ate paint. How would you like to eat paint? Well, if you have no food at all, you'll eat whatever is available. They ate their dogs, their cats, they ate rats. It was a terrible, terrible time. Plus, the winter that year fell to minus 40. And not only were people dying of starvation, they were dying because they were freezing. It was a horrible time for the people in Leningrad. Even the children began to die from terrible conditions. The city was so committed to never surrender that to the best of their ability, they continued to function. Public schools continued to teach children. But children were known to perish right at their desks at school where they died of starvation while they were trying to study and continue their life. But the spirit of the people simply refused to surrender. Wow. But the Nazis wanted this city because it was such a strategic stronghold for them to reach, to attain. That's why the enemy attacks your life. He's trying to get something strategic in your life that he doesn't want you to have. And many times, one area where people come under attack is in their children. Do you know anyone whose children seem to have veered and gone a bad direction? Maybe it's your children. Maybe it is your grandchildren, and you look at what is happening to them, and you think, ah, how could this happen to my children? How could my children think what they're thinking? Or maybe it is your grandchildren, and it seems they are under attack. Don't give up. Refuse to surrender. They are your children. They are your grandchildren. You need to make the determination that in faith, you're going to maintain that territory in your family. It does not belong to the enemy. They belong to God. And if you will stand in faith, God will turn it around for you. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. And my friend, I've been waiting for you. And today we're going to return to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're talking about what you need to do when you feel like you're being bombarded. My friends, you can repel any attack. And today we're going to see some really encouraging truth from 2 Timothy chapter 1 that will keep you on track when you feel that you're under assault. But I want you to order the entire series, which is called What to Do When You Are Being Bombarded. It happens to everybody from time to time. You just need to know how to respond and how to stay in faith. And this five-part series 
will really help you. It comes in multiple formats and it comes with a study guide that is loaded with all the points, the principles, the Greek words, everything in the programs is in the study guide. And it's wonderful because you can read it while you hear it or while you see it and really reinforce this teaching down deep inside you. And right now we're also offering you my classic, which is called Dress to Kill. You don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to kill. And the subtitle says, A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare and Armor. And my friends, this book literally has been read by millions of believers all over the world. And it's not just text. In this book, there are wonderful illustrations which help you understand the armor that God has given to every believer. And when you really understand that you've been dressed with a whole weaponry of God, then you'll know that you're dressed to kill. You can put the enemy on the run. So order yours today. And remember that we're also offering you our autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. And my friends, if you think you're unlikely, then throw up your arms and say, Jesus, here I am. You're the one that he's looking for. God loves to use unlikely people because then he really gets all the glory. And this book will just encourage you to embrace what God is asking you to do. You can do it even if you think you are unlikely. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who regularly gives financially to our ministry as a partner to help us so we can take this teaching of the Bible around the world. Proverbs 10, 31 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. That's our job. We feed many the word of God with the help of partners who put financial fuel in the tank so we can take this signal all over the planet to people that are crying out for it. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to partners, and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always send these two books to anyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. And please remember that we want to pray for you. Just ring right now or send us an email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith. If you feel that you're one of those being bombarded, then you need someone to stand with you in faith. Let that be us. We'll pray for you. We will repel that attack of the enemy with you. And the victory of Jesus will work in your life. But let us know how to pray. And we'll begin to immediately pray for you. But read for your Bible. And today we're going to return to 2 Timothy chapter 1 to our anchor verse for this series. And today we're going to begin in verse 11, where the Apostle Paul is writing about the gospel. And he says, unto this gospel, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He's really magnifying his call and his anointing. Look at it again. Whereunto, under this glorious gospel, I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And then in verse 12, he adds, for the which cause. The Greek says, for this very reason, I also suffer these things. The word suffer is the Greek word pasco. It means I suffer. It can depict a physical suffering or an emotional suffering. Paul says, I'm suffering things because I'm appointed as a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Who I am and what I'm doing has caused the devil to attack me because the enemy is threatened by me. And when you know what God has called you to do and you begin to move in it, 
sometimes it triggers an attack. And Paul was really suffering a bizarre attack, which we covered in Monday's program. Go back and get the whole series, and you can hear what he was experiencing. But he was in prison in the city of Rome, suffering for a crime that he never committed and had nothing to do with. And the whole Roman Empire was talking about how bad he was. But he knew who he was, and he knew who he was not. And when you come to this verse, he says, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Shame really is a horrible thing. Ugh. But Paul says, I'm not ashamed. And the Greek word for ashamed means I'm not disgraced. I'm not put to shame. I'm not embarrassed. The Greek word literally means I'm not red-faced. I'm not blushing with embarrassment because of what people think about me or what people are saying about me. And I want to tell you, friend, that in life there are moments when people do form opinions about you. That's why you need to know who you are and you need to know whom you have believed. And that's what Paul says next. I'm not ashamed for I know. In Greek, it's oida. I know by experience, he's had experience with God. You've had experience with God. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. The Greek says, whom I have trusted and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And the word persuaded, as I've told you in previous programs, is a translation of the Greek word patho. The word patho means persuasion. And literally, it means one that is convinced, one that is coaxed, or swayed from one particular opinion to the opinion held by another. A person coaxed from a particular conviction to embrace a new conviction. A persuasion that leads to conviction and belief, absolute confidence, convinced to the core, rock-solid certainty, and it can describe what I call self-talk. We all have moments when we run our mouth in a bad way. We say negative things, we speak our fears, we speak our unstable thoughts, and it's not a good thing for us to do. When a spirit of fear is trying to operate in your life and you begin to speak fearful words and doubtful words, you're partnering with that spirit of fear. And there Paul was in prison. And I'm sure he had a lot of negative thoughts, but he had to make a decision to speak the right kind of words and we find that in that place, all by himself, with no one around him to encourage him, he has made a decision to enter into some positive, faith-filled self-talk. And he has talked himself into a position of faith. He has convinced himself. He's coaxed himself out of fear into a place of rock-solid certainty. He says, I am persuaded hmm, that he is able. The word able the Greek word dunatos, this word dunatos describes God's power, God's ability, God's amazing ability to be able to be capable, to be competent for any task, a force that causes one to be able or capable or one to be competent. He says God is absolutely amazing. He has ability, he has power, he has competence to deal with me and to keep me. He's able to keep, keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And as I've told you, the word keep is a translation of the Greek word philosophy. I'm going to read to you from my notes. It means to save. So you could translate this. He's able to save what I've committed unto him. You could translate it to protect. He's able to protect what I've committed unto him. 
it can be translated to preserve or to guard. He's able to preserve or to guard what I have committed unto him. And this word, keep, the Greek word philoso, describes a military guard who used uninterrupted vigilance to guard territory that had been assigned to him or shepherds who were very uninterrupted in their vigilance to take care of sheep under their care. And here we find that God is like a mighty warrior. He is a soldier. And if you have committed your life to him, then you are his territory and he will guard over you. He will watch over you like a mighty warrior. He is our shepherd and we are his sheep, which means he's going to watch over us with uninterrupted vigilance because we are his. That's what this word keep means. He's able to keep that, which I have committed unto him against that day. Oh, that word committed, the Greek word parathiki means to make an entrustment or to make a deposit. And I told you that when I was a boy, every other Thursday night, my dad went to the bank and I watched him come to the exterior of the bank where there was a repository or depository box and dad would open the drawer and would put his salary into it. And once he shut that door, it was irretrievable. No one could touch it. No one could steal it. No one could disturb it. It was in the depository box, which means it was under safekeeping. That's the word that is used here, which means when we place what we are and whatever we have into the hands of Jesus, we have deposited us and what we have into a place of safekeeping. The enemy cannot touch it. He cannot take it because we've deposited who we are and what we have into Christ. Say amen. And then it goes on to say, that which I've committed unto him against that day, Jesus is going to keep us until we see him face to face. I think that is so powerful. But then Paul goes on and in 2 Timothy 1.13, he adds, hold fast, hold fast. The form of sound words. Hold fast in Greek is the word echo, which means to have, to retain, to possess, to really grab hold of, which means if you don't hold fast, you probably are going to lose it. You have to make a determination. I'm going to hold on to this, hang on to this. I'm not going to let it go. And what is it? Paul says sound words, the pattern of sound words. And the word pattern is a Greek word which describes a pattern that can be repeated. It really means stick with the sound words. Sound is a Greek word which describes anything that gives way to health or to a healthy situation. There are some words that produce health. There are some words that produce victory. There are some words that produce defeat. What are you speaking? And Paul in this verse says, if you're under attack, then you have to make a determination to get a grip on your mouth. Don't speak bad words. You've got to hold fast to the pattern, the pattern of words that produce health and produce victory. And then he adds, which you have heard of me. He's talking to Timothy, who is his son in the faith. And he says, Timothy, you know how I talk. Talk like I talk. And how does Paul talk? He tells us in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul says, Timothy, you know that regardless of where I am or regardless of what I'm facing, I really monitor my mouth. My mouth 
has a pattern. It has a habit of speaking words of faith and words of love, which are in Christ Jesus. You speak, you talk like you hear me. Make sure your mouth is speaking words of faith and words of love. My friends, we need to speak faith-filled words and remember that we get what we say. But then we're told in verse 14, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Today I want to talk to you about your kids and your grandkids. They were committed to you. Your children are your responsibility regardless of what their age. When they're younger, you really have responsibility. As they get older, you have a responsibility to pray for them. Maybe you have grandchildren and you feel responsibility for your grandchildren. But sometimes, unfortunately, there is a disruption and a separation that occurs between us and our children. And when that occurs, it's hurtful. It's very unpleasant. Very often we don't know what to do. And sometimes we're tempted just to say everything that we feel. And that's not wise to do. You've got to hold fast to sound words. Speak good things about your kids and about your grandkids. But I want to read a verse to you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, where the Apostle Paul had a disruption with people that he really loved and he wanted to be with them and he wanted to see their faces. Listen to what he says. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, but not in heart. There's been a disruption in their relationship, but not in their heart. Endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. He says, oh, I want to see your face. I have great desire to see your face and to see you and to enjoy you. And then he says in verse 18, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. The word Satan is a translation of the Greek word satanas. Listen to what it means. It is one who hates. He hates. It is one who accuses. Isn't it terrible when the enemy begins to work between parents and their kids or their grandkids, and suddenly there's accusations and separation and disruption? It means to slander, and it is the Greek word which means to conspire against, which means the devil is conspiring to interrupt your relationship with your kids or your grandkids. The devil is working to bring accusations and slander between you and your kids and your grandkids. He hates your relationship with your offspring, and he wants to interrupt it. And in fact, this verse says, Satan hindered us, the word hindered, the Greek word egg copto. And listen to this. It means to cut in on, the devil wants to cut in on your relationship with your kids or with your grandchildren. It means to elbow out of the way. It was the word used to describe runners who were running in a race. And one man was running well when suddenly another runner came up alongside of him and with his elbow elbowed the other guy out of the way. The devil wants to elbow you out of your relationship with your kids, your offspring, or your grandkids. It means to block a road and create an impasse. Do you feel you have an impasse with your kids, with your grandkids, with your offspring? And it is the word for a disruption, a disruption. And honestly, there is no disruption more unpleasant than the one that occurs between a parent and his children or a parent and grandchildren it is such a disruption and it is such an impasse and very often we don't know how to get through it. And often when you're hurt and you're dealing with this disruption and this impasse, you just begin to speak every foul thing that you feel, everything you're worried about, 
and you begin partnering with the disruption with your mouth. You begin cooperating with the spirit of fear. And my friends, when you do that, your words empower the situation to get even worse. And that's why you got to get a grip on your mouth. You got to get a grip on your mouth. Make sure that you're speaking words of faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Your words are very, very important because we get what we speak. And going back to 2 Timothy 1.14, Paul said to Timothy, and he speaks to every one of us, that good thing which was committed unto the keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. A lot of good things have been committed to you. A future, an anointing, a call, a relationship, maybe your children, maybe your spouse. So many good things have been committed to you. And this verse says we have to keep them. That word keep, again, is the Greek word philoso. It describes the uninterrupted vigilance of a warrior or soldier who's looking over his territory. Your kids are your territory. Your grandkids are your territory. And this verse says we have a responsibility to watch over it. And if it seems there's been a disruption, there's an impasse in the relationship, then in prayer, we need to hover over that. This is our territory. We are not to surrender it to the enemy. And we've got to make sure that we keep our mouth in line with faith. Because if we stay in faith, and if we speak words of love and words of forgiveness, we will produce victory and restoration in that relationship. That's why Paul said to Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words which are in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Your words are so very important. If you feel you have a relationship with your offspring, with your children or your grandchildren that is under bombardment, keep your line, your mouth filled with faith filled words, and it will bring victory and restoration back into that relationship. We've got to keep it by the Holy Ghost that dwells in us. The Holy Ghost is in us. He will enable us to do what is right and to see everything turn around. I'll be back in just a moment and I'm going to pray for you. What triggers a spiritual attack against your life? I'm talking about difficult moments when it seems like some area of your life has come under a full assault from the enemy. But what exactly triggers these spiritual attacks? And what exactly can you do to repel them with the power of God? In this practical and helpful five-part series, What to Do When You're Being Bombarded, Rick Renner will give you the needed weapons and strategies for repelling every attack. I'm talking about attacks against your finances, attacks against your marriage, attacks against your children or grandchildren, attacks against your health. You'll be so thankful you took time to digest this powerful five-part series that is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. In addition, we are also offering you the 500-page book, Dress to Kill. In this book, Rick answers questions about the often misunderstood subject of spiritual warfare and gives insight into the purpose of spiritual armor in the lives of believers. This comprehensive study on spiritual warfare teaches you how to put on the full armor of God and the importance each piece of the armor plays in defeating the enemy. This beautifully bound book, which includes a full-color insert of illustrations depicting every piece of armor the Roman soldier wore in battle, can be yours for just $22. Don't miss this special offer, the series What to Do When You're Being Bombarded, and the book Dressed to Kill. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and Joel Renner. It is so good to be with you, Dad. Joel, I always like to be with you. You know what I'm excited about? What? This project we're working on. And what is this project? This is our new Moscow TV studio. This is the slab and they poured the concrete yesterday. I was amazed. They poured from morning to the end of the evening because the slab is so enormous. And on this slab, they're about to put up the walls in two weeks. And finally, when it's finished, there's going to be a studio for me where we're going to produce up to five different programs, a studio for Denise, offices where we're going to receive calls and answer letters and minister to people's needs. And Joel, we even produce our programs, not just in Russian and in English, but in a whole myriad of languages. It's amazing. It really is. Praise God. People are hungry for the Word of God. And I believe we'll be able to film and produce many programs so people's lives can be filled with the Word of God. You know, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I really love that verse. I believe that verse describes our assignment. Our job is to feed many people, but we can only do it because of partners like you. And when we call you a partner, we really mean you are a partner. We can't do this by ourselves. We do this in partnership with you. And today, we want to say thank you. And we're pretty excited about the new slab. So we wanted to show you. And now the walls are going to go up. And by this time next year, we're going to be producing programs right here. And thank you so, so much for being a part of our giving team. I'm so glad you let me be with you today. We're talking about what we need to do to keep those precious things that God has put in our life. And very often those things become bombarded by assaults and spiritual attacks. What do we do when we're under assault? That's why I want you to order the whole series, which is called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. It happens to everybody from time to time. And when it happens, you need to know what to do to repel the work of the enemy. And this five-part series will really help you. And it comes with a study guide. Please order these right now by going online or by just giving us a call. And we're also offering you my book, which is called You Don't Have to Take It Anymore because you are dressed to kill. You are. God has given you weaponry. He's given you power. He's given you a divine strategy. It all belongs to you, and you don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to kill. This book is A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare and Armor. It will really help you maintain victory in your life. And please remember that we're waiting for the phone to ring right now so we can pray for you or for your email to show up in our inbox. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to release our faith, believing Jeremiah 33, 3, that if we call out to God in faith, he will show us great and mighty things and God will show great and mighty things to you. And if you are under bombardment, we will pray with you for that attack to be repelled in Jesus' name. But let us know how to pray. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. Help us to keep our mouth filled with words of faith and love and to not cooperate with the spirit of fear. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 